It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. Well, Rich, it's nice to have you back in the studio. You've been you've been gone a couple of weeks now. Well, I'm glad to be back. I was in Washington D.C. last week. Yeah. Um, you know, Rich, uh, this program. When I woke up this morning, I was thinking, wow, these little children in Texas, these little children in Texas, you know, the Bible says, suffer the little children to come unto me. What is more precious to any society than the little children and keeping them safe from harm and giving them a chance to grow up and be all that they can be? Um so here we have, once again, folks, um, some little children in grade school, for goodness sakes. And we're very pro-life. The smaller the child is, um, the more it needs protection from those around him. Uh, there's just no doubt about that. Uh, listen to what Lawrence White said, just these few words, and see if it doesn't make sense. Here it is. Once again... The innocent are being slaughtered. Yeah, that's right. And that's part of his sermon, The Sin of Silence. Maybe we could devote this program to when will the church wake up and, uh, and stop being silent. Um, there is a song, uh, Where Could I Go But To The Lord. Folks, let me tell you, when society and our whole culture is facing what we're facing right now, for goodness sake, 19 little elementary school children shot. They should be safe in a school. That should be where they learn, and it's perfectly safe for the mothers and fathers to let them go to school. And then, of course, it was two teachers. Listen to this song. Living below Endless Sinful world Hardly a comfort Can afford Striving along To face temptation so Won't you tell me where Love 
The lyrics to that song, uh, where could people go? Where could people go when they're at the end of the rope? Hmm. That really speaks, doesn't it, well, to this it moment? That's an old one, but it sure speaks for the time yeah. of today. Of course, at my age, I think old is better anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't not get these children out of my mind. Folks, that's the way it is in your city. That's the way it is in your community. That's the way it is, whether it's Memphis or St. Louis or or you name it, wherever you're listening to this broadcast now. Are your children learning what they should be learning, or are they just being indoctrinated? I'm personally happy for the parents that care enough to show up to their school board meeting and express themselves about the most important thing that they have their children and when they send them to school, if they're not happy, and then the school board ought to hear about it. And um, sometimes the parents are being made fun of, or they're talking now about even uh, not letting them in. But the parents are kind of angry. Uh, maybe they wouldn't have to be so angry if they would have looked into stuff earlier than now. What say you, son? Well, now more than ever, parents need to uh, take charge of their children's education. Learn yeah. learn what they've been teaching them in school and, and make sure they're safe, too. You know, safe, the shooter Safe physically, Texas, spiritually, and emotionally. Isn't that true? And the shooter in Texas is 18. I wondered, what was he uh, doing when he was 10? What was he doing when he was 8? Who was teaching him? Um, were his parents, uh, you know, giving him the home? Uh, that he should have, and uh, that sort of thing. And then when he got to school, what were they doing with him? Um, So anyway, he grows up to be 18, and he's so filled with anger and hatred. And and then he, there's lots of people apparently that knew he had this stuff muddling around in his head, and then they did nothing. It's pretty frustrating. Um, The message uh, that I want this next song to drill deeply into the heart of every listener. 
is that if you love God and you say you love God, then show it by loving each other. Listen to this. Loving God. Loving each other. Making music with my friends. Loving God. it harder. Build steeples out of stone. Fill books with explanations of the way. Larry, but if we'd stop, if we just stop and listen, and just break a little more, <laughs> that'd be good with it. That's when we'd all hear the Master say. That's as good as it gets. Sing with us. And the 
you know, doesn't that speak to you, Rich? Doesn't mm-hmm. that you really think about it? Mm-hmm. No, this the story never ends. If we love God, um, but we didn't, but we and then love each other. Well, that's the greatest um, commandment. But the Bible says there will be wars and rumors of wars and trials and tribulations and trouble for lack of that one, that one component. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and love thy neighbor as thyself. Uh, what would you add to that? Well, we live in a fallen world, and we see evidence of that all around us. Yeah. And so we look to the Bible. Yes. From Genesis to Revelation to see. You know, when you think about it, how many books and how many things have been written down in Washington? Man alive, just to to get a law passed or a bill proposed even. Uh, paper after paper after paper. And yet the Bible has it all. I guess we're just kind of processing what's happening in America. And folks, what has been happening for a long time. And it's not getting better. But the Lord is standing by, uh, the God of the Bible. Uh, Take a dollar out of your pocket or, or a coin or a penny or anything. In God we trust. Well, my word... That's on our that's on our money. What could be more secular than that? And yet that's the way it used to be. Rich, do you remember the president who who ordered that that be put on our money? No, which one was that? <laughs> well, I'll have to look it up and we'll we'll talk about that on another program. But it was a it was a long time ago because it was so ordinary and there was no big fuss and no big uh, uproar or anything like that. It was just the way it was, and it wasn't. Uh, not that America was was doing the right thing. Uh, not that America didn't have its problems, but I'll tell you, the mood of the country was to try and find a way to do the right thing. And inevitably, when they did the wrong thing, it was away from God and the Bible and His Word. Now, here is a song. It's a pretty short song, but it's to each and every listener right now. If you've got any rivers that you're trying to cross and you can't figure it out, here's the song about it. Got any rivers you think are uncrossable? Got any mountains you cannot tunnel through? God specializes in things thought impossible, and he can do Texas, Uvalde, Texas, little town, but there's brothers and sisters and moms and dads and grandparents and friends and neighbors and that are really weeping. I mean, what worry, what sorrow could be worse 
than the loss of a child. Mm. Um, I, what were you going to say, Rich? I do have that answer for you about In God We Trust. What? It's Dallas. interesting. The capitalized form of In God We Trust first appeared on the two-cent piece in 1864 during the Civil War. It was not printed on paper currency until 1957. And on some stamps in 1954, a law was passed July 1955 by a joint resolution of Congress and approved by President Dwight Eisenhower that requires In God We Trust appear on all American currency. Yeah. Um, You know, not just breathtaking, folks, because we live today, and wouldn't that be an uproar if somebody even proposed it? So we... We haven't made all that much progress, hmm. maybe technologically and in a lot of other ways. But I'll tell you, when you take your eyes off the Lord and you don't acknowledge him as a, as a person, as a family, as a church, as a nation, um, as a state, you're going to head for trouble. Now, here is what children should be learning in school and in everywhere else. Um, this little nine-year-old boy from uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, was attending a church. This is year, several years ago, maybe ten, and they had they had a project to go through the Bible with the children in one year from Genesis to Exodus, and then they they wanted the children to tell what they got from it, what it meant to them, and so on and so forth. And this little nine-year-old boy, this is what he said. Listen carefully, folks, and see if your church and your school and your family children shouldn't be learning what this kid learned. Here it is. I would like to tell you about what I've learned this year from reading through the Bible during Project 4-4. This project is based on the scripture Matthew 4-4, which says, Man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. God speaks to us through the Bible. And what I think the Bible's trying to tell us is it's telling us how to live and it's helping us know God better by telling us his characteristics. One of the main characteristics the Bible tells us about is God's love. God loves us so much that he wants us to be his, follow him, and worship him only. The Bible starts in Genesis 1-1, which says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. That scripture shows that God is the creator of all things. After that came Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve made the bad choice of eating the fruit off the tree of life that allowed sin to enter the world. And soon that sin got so bad that God just decided to destroy the earth. But he saved the one righteous family, the family of Noah. And so after Noah came Abraham. And Abraham had such great faith that God rewarded him with being the father of many nations. And so after Abraham came Moses. And Moses led God's people out of Egypt and through the desert during hard times. And, and he was a great leader and he loved God. And after Moses came the period of the judges. And at that time the Israelites were getting into a cycle where they would fall away from God, trouble would come, and they would cry out to God, and God, being the loving God that he is, would send a judge to rescue them. 
and that was God's way of letting the Israelites have a leader. He didn't want them to have a king or a queen like all the other nations of the world because he wanted his people to be different. So he used judges instead of kings. And there were many great judges like Gideon and Samson and Samuel and Deborah. And, but soon the Israelites got greedy and they wanted a king too. And so they told Samuel, who was the judge at that time, that they wanted a king. And so Samuel went to God in prayer about it, and God said, anoint Saul king over the Israelites and let them see what he would do to them. So Samuel did what God said, and Saul was a pretty bad king too. And so after Saul came David, and David loved God with his whole heart and wrote almost the whole book of Psalms, which is praise to God and how he delivers people from his enemies. And, and so after David came Solomon, and Solomon, and one night God came to Solomon in a dream, and he asked him for anything that he wanted. He could even have all the splendor of the world if he wanted to. But Solomon didn't ask for riches. He asked for wisdom, and God blessed him through that. And Solomon also built the temple for praise to God. And after Solomon, the kingdom split into two parts, Israel and Judah. And Israel's kings were bad all down the line, like Jeroboam and Nadab and Ahab. And Judah's kings were pretty much the same, although they did have a few good kings, like Asa and Josiah and Hezekiah. And also at that time, the Israelites were getting into that same kind of cycle with the judges. But instead of sending a judge, God sent a prophet. And prophets would tell about the future and what would happen if the Israelites didn't turn, didn't turn back to God. And some, like Isaiah, even told about Jesus, the coming Savior. And after all the kings and the prophets, there were 400 years of which nothing was recorded in the Bible. And then the Bible starts back in the New Testament. And Jesus was born into the world, and he taught and told parables and did miracles so that we might believe in God and turn back to him. But that wasn't all God had in store for his son. He wanted him to die on the cross for our sins. So that's what Jesus did. He took all of our sins upon us so that, he, so that we wouldn't have to die for them. And then, to show his power over death, God raised his son back up from the grave. And so after Jesus had ascended into heaven and gone back to live with God, the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples, and they started to teach and preach in, diff in different languages. And also at that time, there was a man named Saul. And Saul, was, and Saul what he thought was right, was to beat Jesus' followers. And if he didn't have them beaten, he had them thrown in jail or even killed. And on his way to a city called Damascus, God blinded him with a bright light, and Jesus called out from heaven, Saul, why are you hurting me? And so that bright light blinded Saul, and so God called Ananias to teach and preach to Saul about God. And later, Saul was baptized, and, he, and, he, and his sight returned. He also changed his name to Paul. And Paul went around 
to many countries teaching and preaching about God's Word. And he, and he was really in-depth about it. And he wrote a good portion of the New Testament about all those letters to God's people, like Galatians and Ephesians and Philippians and all these other letters. And also at that time, James and Jude and Peter and all these other people were writing letters to God's people also. And then after all those letters, then John wrote one final letter to the seven churches in Asia about a vision that he had. And that's where Revelation comes in. And, Revela and Revelation is all about John's vision of what would happen in the end. God would destroy the earth, separate the people into two groups, one group being the people who chose to not obey God and not serve Him, and the other group would be the people who did follow God. And so, and so God would be victorious over evil, and Satan and all his followers would be thrown into the lake of fire, but the people that obeyed God and served Him would be rewarded with eternal life in heaven. And so think of the Bible as a movie. And you wouldn't just rent a movie and go to scene selection and say that this part looks interesting, I'll start here. So then you don't know who the characters are, what they're doing, why they're doing it, and where they are. So just like you have to watch the whole movie to get the whole picture, you have to read through the whole Bible to see what God's saying. Because if you read one book, you might think that God's waiting for us to mess up because he's getting his people in trouble all the time. And if you read another book, you might think that he has all this love and compassion toward us and you get confused. And so, and so I've learned a lot during Project 4-4, and I hope you have too. It's been a great experience. <laughs> oh, Rich, isn't that something? Project 4-4, based on Matthew 4-4. What a wonderful, wonderful Christian education that young man is getting. Oh, what a wonderful education he's getting for the future of his whole life. Uh-huh. For the future of his whole life and the family that he will have he'll get married he'll have children and uh, he's got a good start doesn't he well you know we're running out of time but what's the phone number for the people to call in comment line number is 1-800-345-2621 that's 1-800-345-2621 we'd yeah. love to hear from you and we'd love to have some of our listener comments on this program we just got carried away a little bit here. So this is Dick Bott with my son Rich uh, with another chapter of The Complete Story, and we'll see you later. 